El Montecito School U.S. History Podcast for Saturday, May 24, 2014. On this day in 1830, the first passenger train ran from Baltimore to Ellicott City in Maryland. The railroads had been built on a small scale in the late 1700s and were much more extensive by the early 1800s, but it only served to transport freight, not people. However, the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad, later known as the B&O Railroad, began laying track with the purpose of transporting people and were the first to successfully do so. The B&O's westward route reached the Ohio River by 1852, and in 1869, the completion of the Transcontinental Railroad allowed passengers to travel from New York to San Francisco in six days. The railroad system was credited for the rapid expansion of the United States from coast to coast, but after the 1920s, many passenger lines fell into bankruptcy, and by 1971, most of them were consolidated into the National Railroad Passenger Corporation, better known today as Amtrak. Today, the company transports more than 30 million passengers every year. On this day in 1883, the Brooklyn Bridge was open to traffic. The bridge is one of the oldest suspension bridges in the United States and the first to use steel wires as the means of suspension. It is a little over a mile long, connects the boroughs of Manhattan and Brooklyn, and has an average height of 276 feet above the East River. The bridge was originally designed by John Roebling, a German immigrant, but as he was conducting surveys to begin the building, he died suddenly from an infection which set in after a minor boating accident. His son, Washington Roebling, took over the project, but soon after suffered from a debilitating case of decompression sickness as a result of his underwater work on the foundation of the bridge. However, he had a view of the construction from his apartment and, with the help of his wife, was able to continue its supervision. President Chester Arthur and New York Mayor Franklin Edson were the first people to cross the bridge and met Brooklyn Mayor Seth Lowe on the other side. The president then met Washington Roebling at his home to congratulate him as he was too sick to attend the opening. It is estimated that over 45 million vehicles cross over the bridge each year. In 1935, the Cincinnati Reds beat the Philadelphia Phillies 2-1 in the first night game ever played in the major leagues. Five years earlier, a Des Moines, Iowa minor league team host Wichita in a game played under the lights for the first time. While the team would have about 600 fans normally, over 12,000 came out for the nighttime spectacle. During the Depression, as many minor league teams were looking for ways to stay afloat, night games soon became more and more popular. However, it was not until 1935 that lights were installed in Cincinnati's Crosley Field, and as 25,000 fans showed up at dusk on this day, President Franklin Roosevelt flipped a switch in Washington, D.C. to turn them on. Most teams installed lights soon thereafter, with the exception of the Chicago Cubs, which did not host a night game until 1988. The Cubs remain the only team in Major League Baseball to play the majority of their home games during the day. And in 1983, the Supreme Court 
in Bob Jones University versus the United States ruled that the federal government had the right to deny tax breaks to schools that racially discriminate. The university, located in Greenville, South Carolina, had interpreted the Bible as being against interracial dating. So they completely excluded black applicants until 1971, and from 1971 to 1975, only admitted those who were already married. They had tax-exempt status as a religious institution for many years, but in 1970, the IRS stated that they were revoking this privilege based on racial discrimination, a decision which could cost the school nearly half a million dollars. The university sued, stating that their First Amendment rights were being violated, and in 1978, the U.S. District Court agreed with the school. However, on this day in 1983, the Supreme Court ruled 8-1 to that tax-exempt status has a, quote, common law public interest, and that, quote, the government has a fundamental interest in eradicating discrimination in education, which outweighs the burden that tax denial places on their religious beliefs. As we head home today from our historic trip, we pray for safety, knowing all that we have and do is in God's hands every moment. I hope that you have enjoyed the El Montecito School U.S. History Podcast. Produced by Nate Conklin, this is Mark Bates with music, Whirling Leaves, by Olivia Bates. Remember, when you cross the street, always look both ways, into the past and ahead to the future.